Good evening. My name is Jean. I'm a food addict. Uh, I qualify to be here because before I came into OA in July of 2004, which is almost, it'll be 19 years in a couple of weeks, um, I had weighed close to 250 pounds and being in OA, I lost over 120 pounds and kept it off. So I'm now in my current weight range is between 120 and 125 and that's worked out well for me and I worked that out with my sponsor. I came into OA because my doctor had told me that you know with I gradually gained weight. I was not I didn't think of myself as a compulsive overeater. In fact, if anything, I was a very picky eater. But I lived at home until I got married right after I graduated, you know, the summer after I graduated from college. Uh, my father passed away from lung cancer uh, a few days after I graduated. And my mother needed to move. And the I had a boyfriend and I guess our two families kind of put their heads together and decided that the correct thing to do to handle this situation was to have their uh, kids get married. Um, in retrospect, it was probably a mistake. I really wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't, I don't think I was, even though I had graduated from college, I don't think I was quite mature. And having lived at home, all the time that I was at school. Um, I didn't do a lot of the things that other, you know, kids do. And so consequently, you know, I went from, you know, living at home and, you know, taking care of things at home to getting married and taking care of things for somebody else. And uh, while my ex and I are still friends after all these years, I mean, we got we got married in 1973, so that was like 50 years ago. Um, nonetheless, um, you know, I came to realize that I really didn't want to be married, and so you know, we we split up amicably, and I went and moved in with some friends who were renting a house, and I got to do all those wild and crazy things that most people do when they're in college, you know, like going out to eat at crazy hours and uh, eating large amounts of food and so forth. And I was working, but I wasn't making a whole lot of money. And so I learned about uh, living on cheap carbohydrates. And where the place I was working at was in downtown, I was living in the Boston area at the time. The place I was working at was in downtown Boston. And of course, there were a lot of restaurants and fast food places and so forth. And as time went on, my job got more stressful. And I found that one of the ways I could deal with the work stress was eating more food. And, you know, going to the snack machine or going to a fast food place and, you know, ordering more food than I normally would eat. And 
So what ended up happening was I was gaining maybe five or ten pounds a year. And so that meant, in practical terms, I was going up clothing size every maybe two or three years. And I, you know, obviously I can't show you pictures as I might at a face-to-face meeting, but, uh, you know, looking back at them, I see, you know, that, yeah, you know, uh, certain years I was, you know, still relatively slender and then uh, gradually weight and more weight and more weight. And as I say, when I was, uh, you know, when I finally did, you know, go to the doctor and the doctor told me I was what he described as pre-diabetic because I had, uh, my blood pressure had gone up, my blood sugar had gone up, um, I had edema in my legs, so my legs were swollen. This was in the summertime. And he told me, he said, if if you don't do something about this, you're going to end up with diabetes, you know, full-blown diabetes, and you'll be on medication, and there's all these, you know, things that can happen. And I was familiar with some of that because uh, I knew people from work and from my neighborhood who had diabetes. Um, I had a very dear friend who had type 1 diabetes and died from it. And, you know, I knew I did not want to go down that road. However, on the other hand, the, you know, weight loss programs I knew about were the ones where they sold you special food or, you know, you had to go in to meetings and they'd weigh you and all this kind of stuff. And, well, I was still a picky eater. And I didn't want to eat all that food, especially not all those vegetables. Don't like vegetables, but so I went home and I happened to run into a friend of mine who I knew from a local community group who lived in my neighborhood, and I told her what was going on, and she said to me, "If you're really serious about wanting to lose weight, I know something that can help you." And I said to her, "What's that?" She told me about OA, and she explained that you know that there were this was, as I say back in 2004 when there were still face-to-face meetings. And there were some face-to-face meetings coming up that weekend uh, in Medford. I lived in Somerville, which was just outside of Boston. And uh, Medford was like the next town over. And she had a car. And she said, uh, yeah, you know, there's a couple meetings this weekend. If you want to go, I can take you. And she told me about getting a digital scale and not eating sugar and flour and getting a sponsor and that I should bring some money with me to buy literature and also for seventh tradition collection. And I said, that's okay. I can do that. And I mean, I happen to love to read. I'm a collector. And anybody who tells me that there's someplace where I can buy books, I'm very happy. So on that Saturday morning, off we went. And uh, you know, I was very glad that, you know, that I knew at least one person because I'm not sure I would have been confident enough to walk into a whole room full of strangers. And looking at them, I saw most of them were people of, you know, what I thought of as normal weight. And I said, okay, you know, because I mean, my friend, obviously she wasn't overweight. And I said to her, you know, you're not overweight. And she said, no, not anymore. I said, okay, works for you. She said, yep. So, uh, you know, we went that Saturday morning, and I got to meet some people, got some literature, 
there was going to be a meeting the following morning in the same building. And uh, we went to that as well. And I got a sponsor who, as it turned out, uh, ended up being kind of a temporary sponsor. But at least I had a sponsor and somebody I could call. And I got a food plan. And I realized I needed to get rid of a lot of the... I still had some what I thought of as non-abstinent food in the in my cupboards. I didn't want to throw it out. I mean, these were packages of things I had bought. And I really didn't want to go back to the store and return them because I didn't have the receipts. But um, I found out that there was a meeting, an OA meeting, on Tuesday nights in the town I was living in. And I went to that meeting and found out it was in a church that had a food pantry. So I talked to them, and they said, yes, you know, by all means, bring in stuff. You know, they had like a shopping cart in the uh, in the lobby of, of the church building. And I said, okay. And the following week, I brought them in a lot of stuff. And, you know, I did that for a couple of weeks. Uh, I was working, and I was able to bring things that I was no longer eating, like like condiments and that sort of thing. There were in open containers that I couldn't take to the food pantry. Those I took to the kitchen area at work and just put little signs on them, you know, free to anybody who wants to use it. And those things went into the fridge and people used them. I stopped buying junk food. I stopped buying fast food. Um, I did get a digital scale, so I was able to weigh my food and I just started bringing my lunch with me. And... What I found from my sponsor was that a lot of the times when I felt I was hungry, you know, and wanted to go eat something, I really wasn't hungry. I was more anxious. And sometimes I was thirsty. So she said to me, you know, if you feel like you're really hungry and you want to get something because, like, maybe it's break time at work when I normally would go get some junk food, uh, he said, well, you know, maybe have some herbal tea or have a glass, go get a cup of water or something. But she said a lot of times when people feel like they're hungry and they just ate a couple hours ago, that maybe maybe you're thirsty. And I learned to, you know, keep water on my desk. And so if I was just, you know, sipping water all the time, I didn't feel like I was hungry. And I was able to, you know, an abstinent lunch that I had weighed at home. And then I could go home and have an abstinent dinner that I was also that I had also weighed and measured and reported to my sponsor. Um, at that time I had become a vegetarian and uh, my then sponsor things came up because of my work schedule and her time availability that we could no longer talk the same time we had been. And uh, she suggested that I call a different person, and she gave me that person's phone number. And uh, I called that person, and that person knew the one vegetarian sponsor in the Boston area and connected me with her. And that person became my sponsor for my first year in program and got me through my weight loss. And that was that was pretty amazing because uh, she gave me a lot of helpful advice and listened to me and explained to me, uh, you know, in more detail about what we eat and what we don't eat and why we don't eat and 
doing step work and reading, you know, discussing literature. And there was a, you know, it was a very, very helpful thing for me because I came from someone with some religious background, but I really didn't think that, you know, my higher power that I call God had anything to do with my eating or really cared about my eating, you know, as long as I wasn't eating something that was, you know, not forbidden by my faith. So, so uh, once I realized that, yeah, you know, I can ask, I can ask God for help if I'm having problems. I can make, I can use my tools. I, if I'm having, if something's bothering me, I can write about it. I can call someone. The meetings in those days, as I say, they were face to face, and a lot of them did have phone lists. So you could go to the meeting, you could get the list of the people who were regular attendees at that meeting. And so, you know, to do my three phone calls a day, I could call people. And my sponsor who had told me about, you know, making the phone calls and stuff, my response was, well, how can I call these people? I don't know them. And she said, that's okay. Just tell them that you knew and they'll be helpful to you. And they were. It was amazing. And I'm still in touch with some of those people now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I found out that OA is a worldwide phenomenon and that, you know, it wasn't just people in Massachusetts, that there were people in New England and New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and California and all around. And so if it got to be later in the evening and I hadn't been able to connect with that third person on my phone call, I could call someone in California where there was a three-hour time difference. And, you know, if it was 10 o'clock at night where I was, well, it was 7 at night where they were, and maybe I'd get someone. And uh, as a result, you know, now, of course, we're all on phone meetings. And um, I do maybe, you know, four or five meetings a week. Not at, not one a day, but, you know, still, you know, most days I'm on a meeting. Um, I do a lot of service, and I found that that has kept me out of trouble because if I'm doing service, I'm not thinking about me, me, me. I'm thinking about how I can help someone else. And my service levels have included things like being a meeting treasurer, a speaker getter, a speaker. Um, I helped out at the local intergroup eventually becoming the intergroup treasurer over a number of terms. Five-minute reminder. Thank you very much. And um, I also was a uh, representative to the intergroup, and then I became, as I say, the intergroup treasurer. I also went to, since Massachusetts was in Region 6, I went to Region 6 a number of times as a representative, and when they needed an intergroup to step up to do the uh, Region 6 convention, they contacted the group I was in, and I said, I think we should do it, and I talked my intergroup into doing it, and I became the co-chair of the Region 6 convention, which was a very amazing 
event. Lots of uh, speakers, a lot of recovery there. And met some folks who I had only, you know, heard on the phone before. And that was great. And as I say, you know, I had lost all this weight and kept it off. And I was doing all this service. And it was a... it was a, it was a, a really really great experience, and I ended up uh, eventually when COVID hit in 2020, uh, the company I was working for uh, wanted people to work from home and take these giant uh, computer setups home, and I realized that I wasn't going to be able to do that because it would really interfere with my being able to do my program because I was uh, doing a lot of phone meetings and online meetings and stuff. And uh, in order to do the computer hookup that they wanted me to do, I was going to have to unhook my computer to turn my desk over to a work-from-home space. And then if I wanted to go on to a meeting, I'd have to unhook everything switch things around and stuff and I said, no, this is this is not feasible to do. Uh and my mother, who lives down here in Florida, uh, told me that there was a condo available in the complex that she lived in and my family was able to get me that condo. And in April of twenty twenty I retired and I moved down to Florida. Which meant of course now I have, you know, a whole lot more time to do service. And so now I'm secretary of my virtual intergroup, which is the OA90 virtual phone meeting intergroup. Uh, last year, I was a delegate to the Virtual World Service Business Conference. And I just am I'm living a, a wonderful a wonderful life full of, full of uh, hope and service. And I hope uh, that I've been able to, you know, share something with you that may, you know, help inspire someone to uh, be able to follow in that path. Stay abstinent. Use the tools. Go to your meetings. And stay, you know, stay in touch and recognize that this is a fellowship and not a diet club. And we're here to help each other. And that's my goal in life. So with that, I will pass. And again, this is Jean, food addict in Florida. Food addict.